Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the third in our series on the five covenants of baptism. Proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Deacon Bonnie, the facilitator of our Lenten series. And I'm Don Meller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, proclaim the good news. For me, as an introvert, this sounds really hard and not a little bit scary. What exactly are we talking about for proclamations here? Well, it's proclaim the good news of Christ in word and deed. And I think one place to start with that is to ask yourself what the good news of Christ is. For some faith traditions, that has a pretty set formula. The good news of Jesus Christ is that if you'll accept Christ, you'll be saved from hell. And really the proclamation is about conforming to what being good looks like and telling other people directly that they need to make that choice. That is not foundational to the faith that we typically practice. And so the good news that we typically embrace is the ways in which Jesus sets us free to be fully in relationship with God and to love our neighbors. And so how do we proclaim that in all of our words and in all of our deeds, that we know that we are loved and that out of that love, we operate in love? And in this, it's not so much, I don't think, about specifically always making the statements like proclamation as public speaking but proclamation as way of life and way that we do things and way that we live and what we see in others. So as someone who didn't grow up inside the church, the proclamation that spoke loudest to my heart was watching people live their faith life out in ways that held, what's the word when your actions match your words? <laughs> and match walk your the faith. walk Int- and talk the talk. <laughs> right. Integrity. I think that was it, right? Like it, it holds integrity. It holds up under scrutiny. And that that proclamation through word and deed, when people are being kind, when people are being the people that we think of, and we have idealizations of Christ followers, we certainly do. And some of that is unfair, but I think that holding that integrity between what we say and what we do was total good news to me when I was looking for the good news. I'm, I'm happy to hear both of you say something different than what I sort of initially assumed we were talking about when I saw proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed. All I could think of was somebody on a soapbox or somebody with some sort of a a microphone to the world trying to evangelize and tell people what to do, how to live their lives in a way that's not always the most helpful. And I'm glad that it's a little more lead by example in a helpful and wonderful way and less stand up and shout things. Well, I think it can be a both and, right? We have things like people who do proclaim loudly and can proclaim truth and in hope. And we also have people who live the quiet life of faith that proclaims super beautiful things. I think, Don, of your work, week after week for five years, over 250 podcasts of coming up with questions and editing the podcast to help people hear that God is a loving God. And I think of Chris, who offered her explanation this week of why she has made the communion bread for our community for 20 years. 
And it's all about proclaiming God's love. It's beautiful. Why do you think it is word and deed together and not necessarily each one being their own covenant? I think just as Pastor Amanda pointed out, the congruity, the integrity of having what you proclaim with your mouth match what you proclaim with your life is essential to joining in Jesus. All of these covenants are about what does it mean to take up the life of Jesus? When we covenant to do these five things, we join into the Jesus life. And that is part of what we saw in Christ is he didn't just say, I'm here from my father and you should believe in him too. And then nothing else matters. He practiced radical love outside of the expectations of everyone around him to the extent that he was actually rather incomprehensible to most people most of the time. And so his deeds were really what made evident the love he was talking about. It wasn't a hypothetical intellectualized concept of there is a God and this is the conception of him you should have. It was Jesus's living, healing, teaching, boundary-breaking, freedom-making that was the radical piece that ended his life. And so it wasn't just what he talked about. You know, Jesus wasn't killed for his proclamations. He was killed for his healings and his working on Sunday and being with the wrong people in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was his deeds that were the hallmark of why Jesus was the inbreaking of a whole different understanding of God's love. And what people can't see through podcast land is me nodding my head in excited agreement. That's exactly it. The actions Jesus took were revelatory. The things that we do make a difference. So, Nick and Bonnie, when you ask people these questions for these videos, what kind of responses did you get from them? Were you pleasantly surprised that people were willing to talk to you? Or did you think you were going to have to somehow beg somebody for that fifth response, the fifth different voice? I was really optimistic, actually. I didn't doubt that there would be people in our community who could, in their own way, with encouragement and support, ponder with me what these covenants mean. For some folks, it did mean clarifying that I wasn't looking for them to have an answer, that somehow this was the confirmation class quiz. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It wasn't me wanting to get them on video. Can you answer in seven words, what does this mean? Well, here's what Martin Luther wrote about what this means. So most of these conversations resulted in what we get on Sunday morning is a four and a half minute video. And I think my shortest conversation was well over 30 minutes and one went over an hour. So I assume just like in making a podcast where there's a lot of questions that you ask to help get to the heart of it, that was my approach was to make space to wonder together what it might mean to covenant these things and then to invite that person to reflect on where they've seen that in their own lives. Were you asking specific people specific questions or did you throw all of the questions out to everyone? I did ask specific people specific questions. So for our first week with the question of the covenant to live among God's faithful people, I particularly wanted to ask someone younger about that someone outside of the age where you live in your family home 
and the age where you establish your own family home. So in those settled periods where it's like, well, to live among God's faithful people means that I've, you know. My parents dragged me to church. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. And so what happens when you're 20 to 30 and you're in that window of I can live where I want with whomever I want and go wherever I want? How does this covenant translate outside of that more established routine? So that was the reason I looked for someone in that age group with the question of hearing God's word and partaking in the Lord's Supper. I really did want to talk to Chris if she would be willing to because I knew she was our bread maker. And I've had the chance over my time at Central to spend some time with Chris on a number of different projects. Chris is very much, uh, she has she has an amazing servant's heart. She makes our communion bread. She does our altar guild. My connection with Chris was picking up and delivering bread from Panera for years. Mm-hmm. And if I could hear her story of just, oh, you know, I just make the bread. It's not a big deal. I just kind of started doing it. If you ask those questions, that heart opens up and you can see Jesus's love in her and her love both for Jesus and for the community. That one, I sort of had hopes about what would open up. And then this week, when we talk about proclamation, I talked with one of our newest members who's thinking about going into ministry. And the reason I wanted to talk to her is that in our very professionalized culture, we tend to think of proclamation as specifically what you talked about. Mm -hmm. Proclamation is what the pastor does from the pulpit on Sunday morning. Proclamation is what the street preacher does. And we think that it's a professionalized, specific role, that there are professional Christians and amateur Christians, and amateur Christians don't have to make proclamation. But really, proclaiming Christ in word and deed is the essence of our baptismal journey. It is our vocation. And so for this person who is considering a shift in vocation and moving from that vocational call as a layperson to make your proclamation in your daily life in the service, doing the work that you've been called to do. So currently she's a child care worker. That's her vocation. To move to an office in the church as a rostered leader is a different kind of proclamation. So I wanted to explore with her and really try to capture and suss out that proclamation is the call of all Christians and that there isn't a new call when it comes to, this isn't a new covenant reserved just for trained preachers, Mm -hmm. but it's one that we all inhabit. Excellent. So when you were asking these specific people these specific questions, did you get the responses you were expecting or were you surprised more often than not at what you were getting back? I was delighted. I don't know about surprise. I don't know about expectations. I think I love being in one-to-one conversation with people and I love just watching what unfolds and being able to just invite that out of folks. And so that tends to be both an expectation-free zone and a judgment-free zone, hopefully. So I was just delighted and I was particularly thrilled that some part of the answer for each person as we wrapped up our conversation and I said, why do you think this is one of the things we covenant? There's only five covenants. Well, there's not a covenant about tithing. There's not a covenant about, you know, specific worship attendance. There's to live among God's faithful people and hear the word and have the supper, but it doesn't say and you better be in church four Sundays out of every month. Why are these the things we covenant? And each person without really thinking much said, because it's what Jesus did. They got that link 
that these covenants are our entering into the Jesus life without me ever saying, hey, the reason we're talking about this and we're talking about it at Lent is that these covenants are how we enter into the life of Christ that we're contemplating now on our Lenten journey. For them, it was just automatic. When I asked Phyllis, why have you worked for peace and justice throughout the world all of your life? Why is this what we covenant? She said, because it's what Jesus did. We have this example. And really, I believe all five people said something right along those lines. So that made my heart really happy, that without any prompting, just for them, it was that genuine that they got that what drew them into this covenant was the call of Christ, was the witness. And that's part of what I love about this congregation so deeply is that willingness to, and that ability to see how the Jesus life impacts our daily life and what we do and how we live, and that people are willing to share that. That's part of our congregation that is just so beautiful and so amazing. And I think it goes back a long time in this congregation. There's a deep heritage that gifts that and These videos have just been tremendous, tremendously beautiful examples. And is one of those ways in which Central Lutheran as a community proclaims God through word and deed, right? It all comes through in this genuine way. It's pretty astounding. It's beautiful. I love this place. (laughs) It's pretty good. Okay, I want to ask one more detail about the whole word and deed because I'm still stuck on the, it's got to be a big gesture. It's got to be an obvious something, but I'm hearing from both of you that it need not be something grand and overt. It can be all the small little things that you do in your day. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I think doing small deeds and great love was something that Mother Teresa pointed to, that there were no big acts. There were only small deeds done with great love. And that really resonates with my understanding of proclaiming the gospel in word and deed. Okay, this is going to lead me to my last question. I'm going to ask each of you if you have a favorite way of your own to proclaim the good news, both word and deed. Deacon? For me, it really is those one-to-one conversations, those chances to just be with people, to appreciate them, to try to create a space that they're fully welcome in and fully seen in, and to listen to their stories. And if the opportunity arises, to point to where God's at work in their lives. And at times to talk about where God's at work in my life. So it's a deeply relational, one-to-one interaction. I myself am deeply introverted. And while I proclaim on the occasional Sunday in the way that we find traditional, the proclamation that lives closest to my heart is really over coffee uh, with one person at a time. Excellent. Pastor Amanda? Well, it's not preaching. (laughs) It's most definitely not preaching. So the most obvious way of doing it as a proclamation is not your favorite? Not my favorite, even remotely. I think one-to-ones are incredibly powerful. And I think for me, my favorite way of proclaiming the good news is in leading worship, the more and more I am not the one leading. Okay. Because of the role that I have accepted in church, and it is very easy for the calling body to expect me to be the one to do the worship 
and expect me to lead it and do the proclaiming. And to get to be in a place where I can give more and more of that back to the people and helping people learn how to embody that worship and embody that and to see how gifted and talented and amazing they are and to have them know that they matter and that everything they need, they have to be able to praise and be joyful and to experience the presence of God and to get to do and be that. So the more that I cannot be the one who's doing that work in worship, the more that the community owns it, the happier and more contented I am. And watching the people of God embody the liturgy, liturgy meaning the work of the people, that the people actually are the ones holding it instead of expecting the professional Christian to be the one to do it for them. Gosh, it's just awesome. It's so beautiful. And it's fun right now to get to add my voice into the singing mix and just like take my voice way down. I watch it very literally right now in our music because I can start by singing the example line and then people join in. And then I can even on one of our liturgy pieces after two weeks, I just completely pulled my track out because I wasn't needed anymore. And it's so beautiful. And I am so proud of the community owning their worship. So it's a lot of words to say. As the rostered leader for word and sacrament, being able to give the sacrament and the word back to the people to proclaim on their own is amazing. It's an incredible gift. Wonderful. Well, thank you both, Pastor Man and Deacon Bonnie, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about proclaiming the good news of Christ through word and deed. I look forward to sitting down with you both on the next topic next week. As do I. And thank you, Deacon Bonnie, again for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening along. If you have any questions or you would like to learn more about this service, this process, or join us on a Wednesday or a Sunday, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org or even on our Facebook page. We'll get back to you as quickly as we can. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.